0: Well, good morning. It's great to be here. It's great to see everybody. I really missed last week uh, not being able to worship together. <clears throat> and some of us have had teenagers, some of us have teenagers. We can probably relate to that, right? Um, so we're in a series, Me and My Big Mouth. Um, today's topic is untamable. That'll make sense in a few minutes. But uh, two weeks ago, when we started this out. I gave you some homework, whatever, something to... Uh, short phrase to continually to remind yourself so let's see how well you did you got to had two weeks of practice so quick to what oh that's pretty sad wait a minute all right as a pastor you you, you tremble when you ask these questions because you don't know what kind of response so that wasn't a very good response you got quick do it again quick to what and slow to fake all right good job feel a little bit better now <coughs> All right, we're going to start, here's where we're going to start this morning. Words are powerful. I don't think I need to tell you that, but uh, uh, you and I are all, uh, for a large part, a sum total of what people have said to us and about us in our lives. Um, Still remember this, I had the same school teacher in fifth and sixth grade, back in the old days when I went to school, you didn't change schools until seventh grade. So her name was Mrs. Myers, and what I remember was the end of my sixth grade, she picked out one male student and one female student out of the class and said, these, these, these students have made the most progress this year. Guess who was the male student? You think that impacted my life? I've been a st- I don't know how studious I was before that, but I've been studious ever since then. So words are powerful. They shape us. Uh, going back to World War II, one of the most popular uh, posters was this. Loose lips sink ships. Now, just think about that for a minute. Somebody who works in some manufacturing place could, could just be casually talking about some kind of uh, armament or something and somebody from enemies hear that. It could literally result in a sinking of a ship. That's just one small example of how powerful words are and how powerful our tongue is. Uh, the author of Proverbs, a kind of a wisdom book in the, in the Old Testament, put it this way. Proverbs uh, 1821, the tongue can bring death or life. That's pretty powerful. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Reminds me of a story. A bunch of frogs jumping across the field. Two of them fall into this pit. The other frogs get around look down there and say, that's too deep. You guys are never going to get out of there. Of course, they kept tr- jumping, trying to get out. And they said, you might as well just go ahead and die. And so one of them did. One of the frogs just died. The other one just keeps jumping and jumping. Eventually, it actually jumped out of the hole. And they were wondering, how did this happen? This dog frog happened to be deaf. He couldn't hear anything. He said, I want to thank you guys for cheering me on so I could get enough encouragement to jump out of that hole. Words can bring life or they can bring death. Most of you know who Karen Carpenter was, a famous singer. Died at 32 of a heart attack. She battled with anorexia all, uh, most of her adult life. And uh, her testimony is, Part of the reason was, she was a child, she was chubby, and someone said to her, you're Richard, that's her older brother, you're Richard's uh, chubby little sister. Someone else called her Fatso. Of course, lots of other people have been called names like that too, and it didn't affect them that way, but it did her bring life or death. Now, when we say these things that we regret, we wish we could just push a pause button, but it would be better if we could push what button? Rewind. Rewind. Go back before we said it so we did not say it. The problem is once it's out there, it's out there. There's no redos. there's no mulligans, there's no do-overs, is there? Now, a couple of other things that make this difficult. First, words aren't equally weighted. Ladies, if somebody says to you, your hair really looks nice today, and then someone else says to you, your hair looks terrible today, what are you going to remember? What if two people say your hair looks nice and one people, person says... It looks terrible. What are you going to remember? All right. So where's the balancing thing? Uh, Someone said it's around 10 to 1. Maybe after 10 people said it looked nice and one said it didn't, it wouldn't bother you too much. I don't know. What is that about us? That the negative things impact us 10 times more than the positive things. So our words aren't equally weighted. Secondly, the source isn't equally weighted. So, Someone, something I say to you may mean more than something just somebody in the congregation says to you. you something your boss says to you would impact you more than just uh, one of the other employees. Um, what your parents have said and continue to say to you have a huge impact on your life, don't they? And for research I've done, especially dads, if you're a dad here, this is huge. And I'll give you an illustration from my life. Um, my dad, in my, most of his adult life that I knew him, he wasn't healthy. He had emphysema, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so he laid hardwood floors, was piecework, so he could, when he felt good, he could work, and when he didn't, he didn't. And, and starting as a young teenager, I went and helped and uh, bring income into the, into the house. Well, in 1970, I'm in my first year of college. I'm living at home, and I'm working with my dad. One day he says to me, I I don't feel well enough to go. Can you go and finish the job up? I said, sure. So I finished the job up. When I got back, he said, I want to thank you for going. Only time in my entire life my dad ever said thank you to me. That's almost 50 years ago. And I can still hear those words today. A couple days later, he died. Found him on the kitchen floor. He had died at age 45. Uh, So the sources aren't equal. And lastly, the recovery time isn't equally weighted either. Say something you regret, you say, oh, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And the way my wife and I do this, we say, absolutely, I I forgive you right away. Is the pain gone right away? Let me illustrate this way. If I slam your fingers in a car door and then say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, do your fingers feel fine after that? And we know that expression, sticks and stones, which is a bunch of bull, right? Sticks and stones are breaking my bones, but names don't hurt me. Either. Names are what really hurt. And so there's recovery time from words that are just idly or quickly said. So, quick to what? Slow to what? Speak. Absolutely. Most of the regrets or a large part of the regrets we have in life. Or when we did this. Didn't do this, right? Unfortunately. Now, we're going to look at something James wrote. James, the brother of Jesus. We, two weeks ago, we looked at what he wrote in the beginning of his letters. kind of in the middle of his letter. And he gets back to this topic. And again, it's so amazing that Jesus' brother became a Jesus follower, leader in the church. <clears throat> but he gets back to this topic, which shows us twice in this little letter. He talks about how important it is. And I love this part because he uses all kinds of illustrations or word pictures to help us understand this concept. And so, uh, hopefully you'll see that here this morning. So he starts off this way. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. All means what? Everyone, right? So everyone. And we all make mistakes, but not all just make some mistakes or few mistakes. We all make how many mistakes? We all make many mistakes. We're just big mess-ups or big screw-ups, right? We just make mistake after mistake after mistake. So this is just truth. He's just making an observation of life, and here it is. And four, uh, for if we could control our tongues, kind of emphasizing the fact we all make mistakes, if we control our tongues, we would be perfect. or well, almost perfect. We could also control ourselves in every other way. This is the way I think about it. I'm a pretty self-disciplined person. I, I have a strict diet. I have an exercise program. I get plenty of sleep. I try not to abuse my body. I don't find those things that difficult to do. But I don't control my tongue. If I could control my tongue, how much, if you could do the hardest thing, you certainly could do the easy things, right? So if you could control your tongue, you could control anything else in your life if you wanted to. Because that's the hardest thing. In fact, he's going to say it's impossible. So, first illustration. Next verse. You can take, make a large horse go wherever you want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And People in the first service tell me this is true. I don't do horse, the horse things. For those of us who are parents, especially with daughters. My daughter did a horseback riding lesson. We got a picture of her. Um, As a dad, with a little girl on this big horse, it's kind of scary. Because a horse could just step on her and squash her, right? But... I went and watched her ride this horse and it was no problem at all. She took control of this horse and evidently it's because of this bit in the mouth, right? Very small, big horse, little girl. Good illustration, right? Then he goes on. If you didn't like that illustration, let's try an illustration with a ship. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go even though the winds are strong. There's no pictures of first century boats, but we know Paul was on a boat that had 276 passengers. So pretty big boat. Here's a picture of a uh, boat from a couple hundred years ago. So the wind could be blowing this way and the pilot can actually direct the boat to go somewhere else just with using the small rudder. So from these two illustrations we get the concept, small part, big influence. Bit in the mouth, runnin' than ship, small part, big influence. Came across this story in January of 1997. <clears throat> Two Swiss guys set out to circ- circumnavigate the globe in a balloon. They spent a million and a half dollars equipping this balloon. It was high-tech, it was a pressurized, so they go up in the, in the altitude and jet stream pushing around real quick, uh, faster. They no longer had they taken off, and they had some proper kerosene fumes. They radio into the headquarters, and they said, why don't you come down to lower altitude? They came down to lower altitude, didn't help. And they hoped to get to northern Africa. Uh, They're going over the Mediterranean Sea, couldn't make it, crashed into the Mediterranean Sea. The the whole balloon was, was a loss. You know what the problem was? You know those clamps you kind of put on hoses in your car, you tighten them up? It was a faulty clamp. $1.16 part. Brought down a million and a half dollar apparatus. Small part, huge influence. So he goes on. He says, small part, big influence? It's the same way with the tongue. Small thing that makes grand speeches, and make grand boasts. Always surprises me, these football players. I'm boasting, I'm going to stop you from catching passes, now I'm going to catch passes. Well, one of the two things happen afterwards, and somebody has to eat the words, right? It's easy to boast, and we do that. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Now, the tongue's a pretty small thing, like four inches wide, along. long. They tell me it has eight muscles in it. Now, this is the fascinating thing. I go running, I go run, run seven, eight miles, my legs are really tired, the muscles in my legs, right? Do you ever say, I can't talk anymore, my tongue's got tired? Anybody? doesn't happen. Only muscles in your body that don't get tired are tongue muscles. I don't know why God did that, but that's what He did. All right, so tiny spark sets a great forest on fire. So we thought we'd give you a little visual aid. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, how this fire got started, but it got started with some kind of spark or um, ignition. Uh, small start, huge destruction, devastation, huge power. Fire can be used for good or for, for uh, harm. Uh, probably the most famous fire in the United States was in 1871 called the Great Chicago Fire. It was blamed on a cow, or Leary's cow kicking over a lamp. 2,000 acres were destroyed. Now, 2,000 acres is a lot in a countryside. But can you imagine a city? Back then, most of the buildings were made out of wood, so most of the buildings were burned up. 17,500 buildings were destroyed. 100,000 people uh, homeless. Uh, 300 people actually killed. And the estimate back then was $400 million worth of damage, which would be more like $400 billion today, right? Small spark. Big influence, big destruction. And he goes on. And he says, among the parts of the body, the tongue is a, like a flame of fire. Can do great good, can do great harm. Whole world of wickedness, he dwells on the negative, <laughs> corrupting your entire body. You can set your whole life on fire. For it's set fire on fire by hell itself. Ah. Uh, a marriage has been destroyed, divorce because of the fire of the mouth, the tongue. Uh, murder has happened because of words that were said. Wars have been started by words that have been said. But the interesting thing about this, it says it affects the whole body. So you parents, when your child <coughs> uh, says something they shouldn't say, and you, you Put them in time out. Do you just put the tongue in timeout, Or do you put the whole child in timeout? Teenagers, you ground them. Ground the tongue. Ground the whole person. Uh, you get fired at work for something you said. You fire the tongue. You fire the whole person. See, what our tongue does affects the whole person. All of us. It affects the direction. And the quality of our lives. Came across this beautiful story actually. Of a child that was born with a, a birthmark. Half his face was reddened, the color of a birthmark. And his dad was a wise person, and he says to him, <coughs> That is where an angel kissed you. And the reason he did that is so I can always pick you out of a crowd. And his testimony is that he almost felt sorry for people that didn't have that same birthmark that he had. The power of words to affect the direction of our lives. So where do the words come from? Unfortunately, Jesus said it comes from our heart. So I can say, oh, I didn't really mean that or I didn't feel that way. Well, our mouths betray us, don't they? From out of the hearts, words come. And even if it's an accident, we still have to deal with the consequences, right? If we start a fire accidentally, you're still responsible for the damages it causes. So even if you accidentally say something, you're still responsible. You're, I'm responsible for the damage it does. So let's get back to James. has got a couple other illustrations, again, to help us understand. He said, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. So um, there's only, there's, I don't suppose there's any animal in, in nature that can't be tamed. At least we have control over them. There's no animal that controls us. But then he says this, kind of a bummer, right? No one can tame the tongue. No one can do that. This is impossible. There's other impossible things in life, but this is impossible. Doesn't mean we need to not work on it. And he continues, it's restless evil, full of deadly poison. And I stand up here and talk, and hopefully I say things that are helpful and inspiring, but I could say... Something that was evil. I could say something that would be hurtful. I could say something, well, give me an illustration. hope you don't mind me using this as an illustration. Oh, how old were you? Maybe 13 or 14 years old. Most of these illustrations I think of ahead of time. Sometimes I just come up with one in the spur of the moment, unfortunately, in this case. And so I thought it would be a good example to use my daughter's acne, her pimples, as a sermon illustration. And some of you might have been here then. And it was kind of like this, ooh, that went through the audience when I said that. Of course, she was embarrassed. Everybody else was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. Everybody was embarrassed. I could get up here and say something and get myself fired. I might be able to get up here and say something that could get myself arrested. I don't know. Full of deadly poison. Then he goes on to say, even though we can't control this, this is ridiculous. And notice the illustration he uses. Sometimes our tongues, (laughs) praise our Lord and Father, and sometimes our tongues curse those who have been made in the image of God. It reminded me of a story of a little girl that's hugging her dad's neck, her head's looking this way, and she says, Daddy, I love you. And then she sticks out her tongue at her brother. And her mom sees this, and she says, you can't say you love your dad and stick out your tongue at his son. We can't say we love God and then stick out our tongue at his creation. Any person. He says, this is ridiculous, right? And he says, next verse, so blessings and cursings come out of the same mouth. Surely, brothers, this is not right. In fact, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't even be possible that it happens because he's going to give us some illustrations how in nature this is impossible. <clears throat> so, first illustration is about water. He says springs of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water. Some say salty water. That's well, impossible, right? Can't happen. The spring is either going to be fresh water or it's going to be bitter water or salty water. It's, it, both aren't going to come out of the same. same. It's impossible. It's a, it's a miracle if it happens. Then he uses some that are really easy to understand. So, does a fig tree produce olives? Answer is what? No, that's ridiculous. Nobody even asked that question. Or a grapevine produce figs? The answer obviously is what? No. He says no. We everybody knows that it's impossible. Never happened. And you can't draw again fresh water from a salty spring. So we shouldn't use the same mouth to praise God and curse. God's creation. And then he just stops and goes on to another topic. <clears throat> so that's where he leaves us. So I didn't want to leave you there this morning. <laughs> but the ult- ultimately, there is no once for all solution. I can't just say, okay, here's what you do. Do this, 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 and you can control your tongue. He already told us it's impossible, right? But I want to give you, try and give you some help or some aids uh, to uh, control our tongues. So we're going to use an acrostic. You've got to fill in the blanks. We don't do this very often, but I thought this would be helpful this morning. So <clears throat> before we speak, we need to think. And let's let think be a, an acrostic of things we need to think about before we talk. The first T stands for true. Is it true? Came across the story of a, of a butcher. A lady comes in, wants to buy a chicken. She's having gas. He puts the chicken up on the scale, says, That's two pounds. He said, that's not big enough. I need a bigger chicken. Well, he didn't have any other chickens. He didn't want to lose the sale, so he took the chicken back. He brought the same chicken back, put it on the scales, and says, that's three pounds. He said, that's great. I want both chickens. (laughs) Wasn't true. I don't know how he got out of the situation. H stands for helpful. Is it helpful? Is it beneficial? Is it part of a solution rather than part of a problem? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? I stands for inspiring. You know, there'll be football games today and some team will turn it around in the second half. And the first thing they ask the coach after the game is, what did you say at halftime to turn the game around? What did you say that inspired your team to play better? So we want to inspire people. Paul puts it this way. We need to build each other up. Words of encouragement. Inspiring. Uh, N stands for, is it necessary? Is it necessary? All of us speak <coughs> things that aren't necessary. Came across this true story. I thought it was pretty fascinating. This lady with husband and six children had a problem with her throat and she was prohibited for speaking for six months. Didn't speak for six months. After that, she was well and went back to her normal life. So how did she communicate? Well, she wrote little notes. So they asked her afterwards, what kind of experience was it? And the first thing she said, she said, you'd be surprised how many notes I tore up. Between the time of writing it and giving it to one of her kids or her husband, she realized, oh, that's not necessary. Or not inspiring or not helpful. And the K just kind of lumps it all together. Is it kind? Can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all, right? Is it kind? Just be kind. So hopefully that'll be helpful before you speak, think. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring to build people up? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Then I want to end you in with three other thoughts, three other words. First, what do we do now? First, remember. Remember the power of the tongue. I I work with power tools. Probably most of you have done that before too. And when I pick up a power tool, the first thing I think of is a power tool. It has got power. It's dangerous. I can cut my fingers off with a saw. I can put a hole in my hand with this drill, whatever tool it might be. Remember, it's dangerous. If we would use that same uh, thought process, that uh, realizing before I speak, this is a powerful thing that I'm about to use. Let me be careful with it. So remember, it's powerful. Second, surrender. Uh, Paul in Romans 12 says, offer your bodies or surrender your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Well, he says bodies. And so some of you probably prayed this prayer. You can pray over parts of your body. Say, God, let me see only what you want me to see. Let me think what you want me to think. Let me hear what you want me to hear. And of course, with our tongue, we say, God, I'm giving you my tongue today. I want you to control it. I, don't want, I only want to say things that are honoring to you and to other people. So remember, surrender, and, of course, we all have to do this last one, is confess when we messed it up, right? Confess fast, quickly, whatever. Uh, well, again, the way my wife and I do it, we ask, immediately we ask, ah, I shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have said that, please forgive me. And the other uh, spouse replies, yes, I forgive you, you're forgiven. We already talked about the healing takes time. So I don't know if we got any kids in here. Most kids came out, we got a teenager or so kids, teenagers, whatever, your words impact your parents more than any other person. True parents? What your your kids say to you? We already talked about parents' influence on their kids. So dads, especially dads, your influence, the words you say, have the greatest impact on your kids probably more than anybody else. Of course, moms, big influence too. Teachers, preachers, we all that talk for a living, we've got a powerful resource that we're using for good or for bad. So we talked about two weeks ago, praying this prayer. So I thought I'd write it down for you, literally. <laughs> so this is what I'm encouraging you to do. Pray this prayer daily, multiple times during the day. Heavenly Father, remind me, remember, okay, the power. Remind me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So that's your challenge this week. Pray that prayer and watch God answer it. And you'll hold your tongue when normally some other time you might not. So let's pray. Uh, we'll continue the series again next week. Hopefully you can join us. We'll have a song and let you go. <clears throat> Father God, thank you. We thank you for these instructions. They're so clear. <laughs> these illustrations help us understand the power of our tongues a little discouraging you say we it, it, it's impossible control but that should be a challenge you can't do it 100% of the time maybe we can do it 99% of the time and of course then confess to the person we've hurt and obviously to you God uh, when we mess up we thank you it's a powerful thing that can be used for good for building people up and inspiring people and certainly sharing the love of God your love with one another God, I just pray for this group of people, anybody that's hearing or listening to this, that you'll truly take control of our hearts because out of the heart, the words, our mouths speak, that we'd have a, you'd give us a new heart, a heart for you, a heart of love, a heart of kindness. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.